Welcome back to another segment of Demo Day where we interview Mark Mullen. Today, Mark shares how he got his first investment banking job at Daniels & Associates with Bill Daniels, billionaire, entrepreneur, and the father of cable television. Let's jump in to Demo Day. So Bill Daniels was uh, very well known in Colorado, you know, this billionaire swashbuck, you know, this he owned the nug. He owned the basketball team, the football team, and all these things. And he had run for governor, and he owned ten percent of the Lakers. Just this famous guy. So I got an interview with him, and I went to his office, and I was so nervous. Like, you know, I'm t- I'm now twenty five. I'm just like trying to trying to keep it together. And he was a very um, he was small. He's smallish. He's like five five seven. Uh, but he won the Golden Gloves champion twice. He flew 243 missions. He retired as an admiral of the Navy. He's this crazy entrepreneur that I just told you about. Like, And he wore these cream-colored suits with a white handkerchief. Always cream-colored suits? He had different ones, but this he wore this one more often. This is one he had. And he used to smoke these long filtered cigarettes with that long filter. So he actually looked like not this tough guy, right? I obviously got through to him that he should hire me, not knowing what neither either one of us, what I was going to do. And I spent 45 minutes with him. And um, by the way, in his office is all the presidents he's met. The Lakers trophies right there with his picture with magic. I mean, just stuff. You're like, I felt like a little kid. And I yeah. was in Denver on the skyscraper in Denver. This is back, you know, early 90s. So it was bigger than it, it says Daniels on the building. And as I was, he goes, okay, nice to meet you. And there was no, there was no like job. It wasn't like I was applying for a job. There was yeah. no like job. He was just trying to build talent. And as I get up to walk out, his office is really big, old school big. And as I'm about to cross over the threshold of the door, he goes, Mullen, because he had this deep voice because smoking or something. <laughs> and I turn around and he says, I spent my whole life putting my name on the building. Don't you fuck it up. And I was hired. And I actually say that to every investment we ever make. Don't you fuck it up after we invest. It's a, That's lo- it's a loving thing. Yeah, though, right? It's a yeah. loving thing. And it's one of those things where you wish you had, like there's no recording of this event. There's no paper. I, it's just in my head. And maybe I keep revising it, but mm-hmm. this is the way I remember it. Yeah. And so it was a special moment. And I got hired and the he, 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 was, he goes, go sit in, in, in I'll, I'll have what's her name take you back. And I go sit down and I'm just like, he didn't hire me at that point. He just said that. And then like 10 minutes later, I swear to God, like he used to talk to the whole office, like 40 people in Denver over the intercom. Just like. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Mullen's still here. You know, that's what he said. Mark Mullen's still here. Come back to my office, please. And I'm like, I, you know, like God is speaking <laughs> to me through the speakers. And again, I'm like, what? And I'm, I had this bad suit on, right? Like this bad brown suit or something on. And I go in to talk to him. He's like, I've been trying to buy the United Airlines uh, training facility, the pilot training facility here in Denver for a long time. Why don't you go figure out how I can buy that? And that was it. Mm. There was no other instructions. And I, I didn't know what I was doing. And so um, this then went on to this thing where I had to go meet a bunch of other guys. So somebody actually finally took hold of the process. Somebody, he probably said, I like that Mullen kid, go go figure out how to get him hired. And so I ended up interviewing all these people and there was one guy who was the CEO of the firm. So Bill was the founder and chairman, but this one guy's CEO. And um, he wouldn't talk to me. Um, and they finally hired me, but he still, he, he, had, he was not 
like accepting of it yet. And so I waited for him and waited for him in the elevator shaft at the basement of this eight story building, four story building for his, for us trying to get a meeting with him. Um, cause I didn't want so to, that you could like yeah, complete your yeah. project. And, and so I finally caught him coming up in the elevator. I got in the elevator with him and I did this like crazy thing where it's like, listen, I know you, you don't know me. <laughs> you don't want to hire me. Bill told you to hire me. Um, but I'm going to make it, I'm going to, I don't know what I said, right? This is another one, yeah, yeah. but I said something of likes, like, I'm going to make it work. Yeah, don't yeah. worry. I, I won't and, let you down. And he was, he didn't talk to me for a year cause that was his old school style. And now he's my mentor. He's an investor in all my funds, all wow. seven of my funds. He's an investor in, he's coming to our LP meeting next week. This is Brian Deavies, name. So, you know, that's how that whole Brian, Bill Daniels story started. And uh, they literally put me on a plane the next week. And I flew to LA, went to a Lakers game at the Forum, wow. in the Forum Club, sat with Jerry Buss, right? Holy Again, shit. not knowing I'm in a whirlwind of, of, we go out drinking late. And the next morning I catch a flight to Guam <laughs> where we had just gotten hired to sell all the radio stations, the yellow pages, and the cable TV systems in Guam. I mean, to be honest, I didn't know where Guam was. Like it was. I still don't even know if I know where Guam yeah, is. <laughs> you, it's, it, you, you cross the timeline, you go to Hawaii, and then you're six hours further after you land in Hawaii. And that's how it started. And that started this international career of just luck. I mean, I went everywhere. Um, uh, I got to throw around the Daniels name, which meant something in some places, didn't mean anything in France, for example, and other places that I went. Um, I end up getting involved with some some young telecom executives in in England, in London and Paris, end up getting to know them and becoming friends, ended up becoming their bankers, ended up building a business. Um, and that became a big international business for for Daniels, which is what essentially they hired me for. We didn't know exactly what if that was going to yeah. be the case. And that's why I lived in Paris because um, we had a lot of stuff going on there. So I just moved there instead of going back and forth from from Denver to Paris. And then I opened an office in London. And while I was in London, I met my wife, who was born and raised in LA. In LA. Right? Her father's English. So she's an Anglophile. She was over there working her first job. Um, and so that's where we met. And you know, eventually we moved from London to New York City, New York to LA, and that's how we ended up here. I'll move past, you know, the Bill Daniels story because I think it's really it's really interesting to me. Um, I know that like the times were a bit different back then than they are now, but you were with the firm for like 14 years, years, 18 years. And so one of the things that um, you know, my dad worked at 1-800-Dentist and uh, he was the CFO and his CEO, Fred Joyle, would like always post these pictures on Facebook of how he's had employees that have been there for 15 years and 20 years and 22 years and now growing Coefficient Labs. I'm like, that's something I strive for of like, man, like it would be so cool if all of these teammates were like with me yeah. growing. Um, what was it about Bill and like what was it about that organization that like kept you so loyal to the team and like what was it about him in general that you look up to the most well um he was very straightforward and honest right and again and he was very rewarding very demanding hmm. but there was a clear relationship to both of those okay there wasn't some like hey work your ass off and maybe you'll get paid well it was work your ass off and you're gonna get paid well and if you don't work your ass off you're not gonna be here and so you're like got it that's <laughs> pretty clear you know like um um, there, there wasn't a lot of review process because and it was a money firm, right? We, 
at the end of every year, we all saw what the revenue was for each person. Mm. And then you saw what the profits were and the profits got divided based on your, you know, there was, there was some real clear metrics, but, um, he had a great skill. He and his team, Brian, et cetera, had a great skill at bringing on people who, um, not trying to compliment myself, but who were, could be very successful at the, the pace they were going at that point at that time. Mm. Um, we 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 actually hired several people from Wall Street who just didn't want to be on Wall Street. It didn't mean they weren't smart and worked hard and could and worked did very well on Wall Street. Didn't want to be in Wall Street. So if you looked at our firm, it was a whole bunch of guys who worked, um, men and women who worked at uh, big firms who were very successful there. I'm just like, I don't want to do this. You know, I don't I don't need this lifestyle. But we worked equally as hard in uh in, at Daniel's but were um, rewarded with a much different culture, right? A much different culture in terms of the family atmosphere around it. The fact that you were working for a human that was very successful in his own, right? Very unique, mm-hmm. right? The that old school entrepreneurs, right? These are all the people that build media businesses and cable TV businesses oh, yeah. and wireless businesses. And he banked uh, Craig McCaw, who started, you know, McCaw Wireless, which is now AT&T Wireless. There's so many stories that no one knows anymore. Yeah. You know, that built all these companies that, that we're all involved in. Yeah. For those that don't know, Bill, he basically brought like cable TV and yeah. radio to many small towns. He's known like, as the father of cable TV, the father right. of cable. Yeah, right. Right. So, I read that. I was so like, there wow. is that benefit of working for him. We had a very cultish kind of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a, you know, we had really nice offices. We had an airplane. We had a chef made us lunch every day. And guess what? Lunch was at 1130 every day. And if you didn't go to lunch at 1130, you didn't get lunch. It wasn't like a, Hey, this is a buffet for And Bill. I learned this over time. That was his way to keep everybody working. Like, I'm taking care of your breakfast. I'm taking care of your lunch. So just stay here and keep working. And, um, uh, you know, there was always slowly get these contests who get in earlier. Mm-hmm. And the thing with Bill, I, this is not a Bill Daniels advertisement. No, no, this whole no, thing. Not it at turns all. out because I think he was a was was quite yeah informative in terms of people I worked for. Definitely. And then what I've done. He had a guy, Arthur who met the airplanes, the airplane every morning at what was Stapleton Airport, but then became DIA, Uh Denver Airport, let's say. He got the first New York Times, the first Financial Times, the first Wall Street Journal in town. Like out of the gate, he wanted that. Off the the plane. (laughs) I mean, he was such a- It's like a sushi chef. He was such a baller in Denver. If you go to DIA Airport in the Terminal 3, his plane's the one that's hanging. It's called the Bill Daniels Cablevision Tool. Wow. His private plane. I flew on that, but his because it was the very first plane that ever flew at DIA. Right, first plane that ever landed at DIA was Bill's plane, which of course he arranged with the governor and the mayor and the whole thing. So, point is, so he'd meet those, he'd get the 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 newspapers. Arthur would take the newspapers to Bill. Bill would be done with them, clipped out things that he wanted you to read or be aware of, put on your desk before you ever got in, and you kept trying to get there earlier so that you. You know, you, you just got like there show before, him you that got like there before, but you can never do it. <laughs> and then you'd walk in your offices, the, 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 the days of, um, voicemail, you know, that actually people checked and sure enough, if you walked into your office and we used to get there at six thirty seven 7am every day, walk in and your lights bleeping nine out of 10 times it's bill. 
you know, and it was, hey, Mark, hey, great job on that deal you did last week. Or, hey, Mark, I just read this article in Financial Times about this deal in Spain. Are you working on it? Just a, yeah, a, you know, a little like. Or, hey, I was just looking at this deal in the Wall Street Journal. It sounds like something we should be uh, involved in. You know, so you're like, was, okay, uh, got, I guess I know it, what I'm doing it. today. So that kind of stuff was, was, was um, uh, unique and hard to replicate. It's also a lot different than a lot of the mentality in today's culture of yes. like, you know, the balance between just in general, like I, you know, certainly like my parents, like they've told stories like that. And I even feel like in my journey, it was like, I got to get in early before everyone. I got to stay late. But now I think yeah. it seems like there's no. a bit of a culture shift. When no, it comes sometimes, to that. you know, if I show up, uh, um, usually in, everyone I'm usually in before thing. Tyler uh, and Jen. And, um, if, if I have something to do that morning, like something with the kids or something, and I show up at eight thirty nine, Tyler's like half day. You know, he he gives me shit if I, <laughs> I show up a little later than normal. I'm like, I did more than you did before you ever woke up, which is not true since he has twins now, so he's up way before before me. But, um, you know, I think what I wanted to bring out of this this part of the conversation yeah. is that the more I talk about this stuff, it it ages me, hmm. it dates me. Um, you know, which is which is life, but. But that's life. Like I have a lot of life experience because I've been just old. I'm older than most and I've been around, not older than most, but I've been around and had these experiences, which yeah. I've been really lucky. And so if, if you, if you um, book, bookmark or have bookends of my career, you know, there was almost a 20 year career in investment banking. And now we're, we're like in year 11 of this VC. So I've had this completely different careers, but related. And that investment banking career, you know, most people don't know about. Like, if they listen to a podcast, great, and they get to hear the stuff. It's not like I tell them all the stuff. For sure. Know, of course not. But it does inform me. It does inform the way I have the, my experiences and how I feel comfortable with people. Mm -hmm. How I can ask you questions about your family and, and, and do it in a way that is respectful and just interested. Yeah. As opposed to trying to find some sort of information. And all that comes from the luck I had over the first 20 years of my career, mm. which was living in all these places, working with entrepreneurs from all those different countries, 30 different countries. Um, you know, there's no, there's no uh, mold for an entrepreneur, right? They're different. Everyone's different in, in a different way. Um, it's like every human. So I just feel like I've taken all that that time. I had this this wild career for 20 years that almost no one knows about or cares totally. about. I get it because they think I'm just a venture capitalist. And they think I've only been I've only been doing venture my whole life. And you'd really have to dig deep to to, to it's not hidden, but you'd have to go to kind of dig deep. So I take all that information, my experiences, and use that, try to use that as an advantage now. So what I mean by that is a taking all those experiences of being a, being those experiences allow me to be a good psychologist, mm. a good friend, a good mentor, a good decision maker, um, a good idea maker, uh, and to impart that kind of stuff to the founders that we work with. I hope, I hope. Um, so that's one part of of. Uh, I'm just one part of the bonfire team and we're all trying to bring, we all bring, bring different elements to the conversation. If you think about Brett, for example, if I could jump in uh, back to yeah, bonfire, yeah. Uh, Brett was, worked for the Seabold systems, Tom Seabold. Again, you'd have to go back a little bit to know that he was one of the big uh, software pioneers, mm -hmm. hard software, sending discs out. And then um, one of the guys who used to work for Seabold was Mark, uh, Mark Benioff. Mark Benioff worked for Seabold. 
goes and starts Salesforce, the first SaaS company, hires Brett away. Brett's one of the first 50 employees at Salesforce. Salesforce is the OG SaaS company. Oh, yeah. Right? Brett worked for them for 12 to 14 years. And in that capacity, like any founding startup that we all deal with, they wear tons of different hats. For sure. He was head of sales engineering, head of sales, head of M&A, head of marketing. He did all those hats. And all that stuff, again, all those experiences tools he had. Tools in the tool belt. Again, tool, exactly. Mm-hmm. So he's, he can pull different tools out and have different conversations with different founders in different places they are in their lives. Um, look, we all have families. We do. Um, and, you know, we, we have teenagers. We have um, things going on in our lives. We're all trying to learn from each other. And so we all have tools that we try to uh, use when we're working with our founders. And so hopefully that's what some people mean when they say, wow, you guys are really different. In our next segment, Mark shares key advice on how to form a solid connection with startup founders. So make sure to stay tuned.